1: Hey, this is Kevin Kelly, and you are listening to the Startup Cast. Hello guys and welcome to the Stardom Cast, your weekly audio source of all things world wondering stardom. I am your host, Rob Goodnight, joined as ever by Matt Turner. Matt, we're getting closer to Christmas. How are you, good sir?
0: Rob, I am fantastic. I only have about three or four more workdays left of the year than I'm off until I believe the 6th of January. It's uh it's getting hot and heavy and fun over here at the Turner household as I'm literally turning into a combination of Frosty the Snowman, Rudolph the Red nosed Reindeer, Santa Claus, Charlie Brown, and Clark Griswold. as uh it's exciting. I love this time of the year. So um uh, pretty much all the Christmas presents I believe are bought. I think I just gotta get a few gift cards and then wrap some Christmas gifts. And by wrap I mean horribly wrap them because I am a terrible <laughs> rapper, but uh for the most part, I think I'm kind of ahead on things. I think I have one gift that's coming in after New Year's that's a little bit late, but I mean, it is what it is, but I can't complain. How's everything with you and the holiday shopping and everything over there at the Goodwin household?
1: Well, at the moment, I don't want to I don't want to jinx anything, but this could be the most organized I've ever been for Christmas, because obviously I've had a lot of time off with the foot, so I've gone to a lot, so I've been... Christmas shopping. Now, you mentioned being a terrible rapper. Um, both me and my dear father, um, we're both fairly shambolic at rapping to the point where it's become a running joke that if it's not square, we will find a box to put it in so that it is square because anything that is even remotely curved is just a mess. There's like a whole roll of sellotape on there. It's like every every single bad rapping you've seen on Google, That that is my uh, rapping. But at the moment... So far, touch wood, I've got everything saved for maybe two presents. So again, perhaps the most organized I've ever been. And uh, that's good because I can't drive. And you mentioned, obviously, uh, before we came on air that you were suffering a little bit of an ice storm. We've got minus five, minus six at the moment. So I don't know what that equates to in Fahrenheit. So I know that obviously in America, you use Fahrenheit, which confuses the hell out of me all the time when people are saying, oh, it's only 20 degrees. And we're like, what 20 degrees is summer over in england um but yeah how's it been going over there with the ice yeah
0: really no problem i was only going to take a half day at work today and they said no 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 the ice storms are my job i'm on the road my office is my car i'm on the road quite a bit so anytime that there is uh, there is weather i'll use one of my uh my vacation days and uh so i Well, this weather is going to start early. I'm going to get up early. I'm going to go to the gym, come home. I still have the starting show from the 11th to finish, which I thought was like seven matches. And then there was only five. Mm. And uh, they said that I said, everything's starting early. So I got up early, went to the gym, came home, got everything done. And literally the uh, the ice just started maybe about 20 minutes before uh, we started recording. So um, we don't know what we're going to get. You never know. The uh, the weather people here in Pennsylvania are consistently wrong all the time. It's the best <laughs> job you can probably get because the weathermen and the weather ladies have been the same uh, forecasters for the last 20, 25 years, and they're notoriously wrong all the time. So I always tell you know, younger people trying to go into college. I'm like, go for meteorology. They're wrong all the time and they keep their jobs <laughs> and they make a ton of money. So it's a good it's a good place to get in. So if uh, by chance I do cut out at all, that's the reason why is because uh, anytime we didn't get any wind or rain or whatever, kind of knocks the uh, the power and the Wi-Fi out. So if I go out, that's what it is. I didn't fall asleep. It's just that uh, I lost some Wi-Fi, so.
1: Fair enough, fair enough. Um, I will just say that there's obviously a very, very, I don't know if uh, this will have translated over the pond, but uh, we had a very, very famous new uh, weatherman um, called Michael Fish, I believe. No relation of Bobby. Um, and he basically, we don't get hurricanes or tornadoes or anything in Britain. We don't get earthquakes. It's a very boring country, to be perfectly honest, in terms of weather. It rains and that's it. Um, but in the 80s, there was huge, huge panic that we were going to get this uh, this tornado. Uh, One of the only ones we've had. And Michael Fish adamantly said on the news in front of everyone, we will not have a tornado. It's unfounded. We will not have a tornado. Sure enough, tornado tour through England. Um, And that's become obviously a bit of a running joke now uh, with our British weather. But anyway, enough of that, Matt. Let's talk about our Patreon. What is coming up on the Patreon this week? I saw an episode drop today as we're recording.
0: Two of them, actually. But actually, Rob, you'll be uh, maybe shocked, maybe not shocked. I have the next four months of the Patreons kind of outlined out. Would you like to let me know? Would you like uh, me to tell you what's going to be happening the next few months on the Patreon?
1: Nothing would make me happier, Matt.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know about that. You did get an awesome Christmas present for me today, and sure that uh, made you have here we'll get we'll get into that in a moment, but before I go into what's coming on the next few months, let's talk about what's going on in December. merry my you Christmas. What an absolute smash it this is! It seems like every other day we have a new patreon member, so which is absolutely fantastic. but yes, there are not one but two episodes that drop today. We did the 2016 Cinderella win from Mayu Iwatani. That dropped in back-to-back Mayu and Saki Kashima's goddess of stardom reign. Those dropped back-to-back as of this morning. Monday, this past Monday, we watched the first of the trilogy of matches between Mayu and Io Shirai. Um, And that was from Stardom Gold 2016. And probably about the seventh or eighth time I watched this match. And there was three new things that I uh, I picked up on this match I'd never seen before. Number one, Io Shirai in the back of her mask has a Batman symbol. And I literally joked about it as she came to the ring, just thinking it wasn't the Batman symbol. But as she kind of turned around, I'm like, that's the Batman symbol. And as soon as the match was over, I text you right away. And you literally had the perfect text. And you said, Matt as if you couldn't love EO enough. I said I know. <laughs> I thought like hey, this match happened 6 years ago and I'm loving her even more. Um the second thing is just the amount of selling that EO does in this match to get Mayu who as great as Mayu uh, was in 2016, she wasn't, wasn't quite there yet but like just the way she puts her friend over and her fellow Thunder Rock partner over is amazing. And there's another spot that's actually the the crowd psychology is just genius here because mayu does the dragon suplex on the apron you've seen this match you know what we're talking about so she hits the dragon suplex and then when eo takes the tumble to the outs or to the to the floor she lands like head and neck first and the crowd goes silent and then eo and mayu do such a great job of bringing the crowd back after that dangerous spot that's absolutely unbelievable and when we did it was i believe the very first patreon episode was uh, the eo v14 I think I rated that match four and three, four stars. And I even said at the end, I said I, I never really change my ratings. Once it's in, it's in. But I had to bump this one up to uh up to five stars. So yeah, and that was the uh the first one. Uh Monday coming up, actually, probably right after we record this episode. I'm going to watch the second of the trilogy, my favorite stardom match of all time. It ranks as a lot of people's favorite stardom match of all, all time. EO defending the world of stardom championship, obviously against Mywe Watani from Stardom Year End Climax 2016. I'm also doing the homework for the end of the year episode for the White Belt and Red Belt tier Patreon, which is uh, the Thunder Rock. Needless to say, Rob, as I'm sure you're figuring out, as our wonderful friends and family of the uh, Patreon and podcast are figuring out, I'm watching a lot of EO versus Mayu, and EO and Mayu as a tag team. Buddy, it's hard work. (laughs) but somebody has to do it somebody has to do it Uh, and obviously me and you we're going to be doing two episodes we're going to be doing the uh mayu iwatani career retrospective and that is for the one three and five dollar tier members and then we're also going to be doing the watch along of mayu defending the world of stardom championship against sherry and uh yeah we're gonna be doing that together and that really just kind of came off the back with i bet a lot of people sending me messages and put an on patreon saying they would love to watch, have me and you do a watch along so uh those will be some in your feed sometime by the end of the month and then actually this weekend i'll be traveling over about five miles to uh, sean's house as we will be doing the watch along of Mayo iwatani and kari from a historic crossover so even though there's been a lot that has come out there's still a lot more um Speaking of a lot more, let me tell you what's going to be happening the next four months on the Patreon. So I will get into January in just a second. So here's basically what I'm going to do. Here's the quick outline. February is going to be Rivalry Month. So what I'm going to do is I will put sometime at the end of January, I will put four rivalries from Stardom on the on the poll on my Twitter. And obviously, as how we usually do it, the top two poll getters is going to be what we're going to be reviewing. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to watch every singles match from these uh these rivals, and then we'll review it. And then as far as the rel here I might just do one of each of the choices. So the choices are probably gonna be again, card subject to change, EO versus Kylie Mayu versus Momo, Wantanabe, not Kogo, uh, Momo Kogo, uh Shiri versus Utami, and then I think I'm gonna do Azumi versus Starlight Kid. So that's what's gonna happen more than likely in February, in March. Now, Rob, I'm not sure if you're aware. Over here in the States, um, in March, college basketball goes crazy. We have something called March Madness. So um what I'm gonna do is Momo March Momo Madness. Again, Momo <laughs> Watanabe, not Momo Kogo. I just wanna I just wanna reiterate it. So we're gonna do a Momo Watanabe theme in March. And then in April, we're gonna do Insane April Part 2 Electric Boogaloo. Obviously, mean you did Insane April. Um, Earlier, you know, uh, eight months this year, uh, eight months ago this year, and there's been a lot going on with uh, Kyrie over the last eight months. So I figured let's revisit it and add some stuff. So uh, that's what's going to be going on in February, March, April. You might be saying, well, Matt, what about January? So here's what we're going to be doing in January. It's going to be a Patreon listeners appreciation month. What I'm going to be doing for the the weekly watch along is, and listen closely, everyone. This is going to be the early bird gets the worm. So if you're listening to this, as soon as this drops at midnight, uh, you know, Eastern Standard Time, you're going to be the first ones to get on this. The first four people that send me what match they want me to do the watch along in January. That's what we're going to do. Any match you want, any match that, that you want me to do the watch along, that's what I'm going to do. There's only there's uh, three catches. Number one, it has to be available either on YouTube or uh, Stardom World. Number two, it has to be a match that I haven't done yet. And number three, it has to be a match that has stardom wrestlers in it. For example, if you want me to go and do the match from the Tokyo dome from earlier this year with uh, the MK sisters versus Tam and Saya, absolutely. We can do it. Be- even though it's a new Japan show, it's, it has stardom wrestlers. If you want me to go back to 1991 to do the jailhouse match with the Mountie versus the big boss, man, sorry, not going to do it. Maybe at a later date or <laughs> a later time, but, but, uh, so, so that's what we're going to do. So, uh, Yep yeah, by all means if you're listening to this for you know as soon as it drops obviously if you're driving please don't text me and while you're driving please don't do that the first four matches that I get that's what we're doing now as far as the biweekly podcast it's basically again it's it's you know listener's choice start sending me some recommendations if you want of what you want if you want st- if you want me to do a show review you want me to do like, you know, Stardom X, the Stardom 5th anniversary show, the Stardom 7th anniversary show, you know, Stardom uh, X, Stardom 2017, 18, you know, Starlight Kid, high speed run. Start sending me some suggestions and what I'll do is I'll filter that down into the top four and then I'll put that on the poll. So, folks, that's what we got going on from pretty much uh, until the end of uh, Merry Mayu Christmas until all the way of Insane April. So. I'm going to be a busy boy, but I absolutely love doing it, and uh, I can't do this without the phenomenal support I get on a daily basis from the friends and family of the Stardom cast, and obviously you too, there, one Mister Rob Goodwin.
1: Oh, you're more than welcome, Matt. I mean, I I quite literally do nothing for the page apart from the, the artwork. Um, I don't do anything for the page. Oh, thank you very much. The Kagetsu one is possibly my favorite. So, uh, but yeah, I I mean, it's all you—the energy and just determination and everything that you have to get everything out to our listeners is absolutely phenomenal. And uh, I'm sure they're all going to appreciate everything that's coming up during the remainder of a Merry Mayu Christmas. I just want to shout out our latest patron, Nick Holden. Thank you so much for subscribing to our Red Belt tier. Don't forget, guys, you can subscribe for loads and loads of bonus content over at patreon.com forward slash the stardom cast and don't forget to get your suggestions in to matt obviously it's christmas so it'd be nice to do some nice matches but of course i'm sure if you gave him some rubbish stardom matches as well maybe a fukiken death retrospective something like that i'm sure he'd be more than happy to do that as well matt isn't that right
0: yeah that and i just i know it i'm gonna say it and i know it's gonna happen and i know literally (laughs) friday morning i'm gonna text you i know i'm gonna get the the beauty salon, zest hair (laughs) match. I know that somebody as a rib is going to put that on there. Like if that's what you want folks, that's what I'll do. I am here for you. Like I always say at the end of the show, it's not just my podcast. It's our podcast because we might be doing a watch along to some, a match some shampoo. So.
1: um let's kick into some news if only there had been some sort of big news over the last week uh in typical stardom cast fashion um we finished up recording last week's episode and literally as we pressed done on the call and i turned on twitter Obviously, the entire Twitterverse was full of news that Sasha Banks will be appearing at New Japan's Wrestle Kingdom um on the Fourth of January. Um the verbiage around this so around this entire story has been different from different outlets because some have said that um she's going to appear. Um some said that she will just be there. Um, a lot of people believe she'll challenge Kyrie after her town match, if Kyrie is to win. Um, and then some have said that it's a power play to get more money from the big dub. Um, however, it's also believed that she's scheduled to be Saraya's surprise partner on AEW in a few weeks' time as well. Um, whatever the situation in terms of Sasha Banks and Wrestle Kingdom 17. The Western audience and the eyes that she will bring to stardom if she is involved with stardom in any sort of way cannot be understated can it Matt
0: no not at all not at all and I think yeah there's been a lot of I'll believe it when I see it kind of things we kind of had a little uh fake thing uh not fake thing but pump out thing when we were so close of getting Eo Shirai back into stardom it was so close and I was so super excited about it and then it didn't happen. So I have a lot of people that tell me that have told me, uh, don't get your hopes up until you see her um, in the ring with either Kyrie or Tam or whoever. And I said, you know what, it's Christmas time. I'm a big kid. I'm getting my hopes up. I already have 18 matches in my head book that I want to see. But uh, I honestly, I think just Sasha's kind of very old school and she appreciates the the Japanese culture from what I understand uh, per the wrestling observer that she has, she hasn't signed anything, but she has verbally agreed to some dates. And I think just because it's almost like an old school, you know, Vince McMahon senior type thing, where it's like a handshake deal. And I think the reason why she didn't want to put pen to paper is maybe she'll do two matches, maybe she'll do three matches, maybe she'll do ten. You know, it all depends on if if, if she can keep up with the traveling because that's a long long you know travel from the states to uh to uh to to japan excuse me so maybe that's you know that's what's on her mind but i know she has a certain price that uh that's been rumored to be more than what chris jericho is getting for wrestle kingdom but at the same time you're going to be getting uh or not wrestle kingdom for uh not only just wrestle kingdom excuse me chris jericho's dates that he did uh, in new japan back in i think it was 17 and 18 but you're going to be getting a massive star who absolutely can work the japanese style that has said Multiple times that her dream opponent is Mayu. Obviously, the uh, the big rumor is she's going to be challenging Kyrie. I think that's what's going to happen at the end of the match, but I don't think she's going to challenge Kyrie right away. I think she, I think they're going to build towards that. I think she's. I think her first match is probably going to be against Tam. I think they're going to have a barn burner of a match. As much as I love Tam, not many people in this world are bigger Tam McConnell fans than I am. Uh, obviously, Kyrie is probably going to go over in that match, and then I see Sasha Banks, you know, coming out either, you know, either in the front row or coming down the ramp on the Tokyo Dome, and basically saying eventually she wants to get to Kyrie, but I think she's going to ch- challenge Tam, and I think that'd be a really good way for her introduction into Stardom, and it's exactly it's going to bring a lot of new eyes in. Uh, you know, over because a lot of people are wondering when Sasha's coming back. It's like, well, she might she's going to be coming back to wrestling, but it might not be to the program you see on Mondays and Fridays. It's going to be uh, uh, onto the, uh, basically onto the the New Japan Slash uh, Stardom um, Stardom platform. So needless to say, I am getting my hopes up. I'm super excited, and I think it's going to happen. And I think we're going to see Sasha versus Tam. Obviously, Sasha versus Kyrie, and obviously the big dream match, Rob is uh, Sasha and uh, Mayu.
1: I would be amazed if if this deal gets done, I would be amazed if we don't see a Sasha Banks versus Mayu Iwitani special singles match because this is the perfect opportunity for Sasha. You're absolutely right. She's multiple times come out. and then said she wants to wrestle in Japan and she has quoted Mayu as the dream opponent. My only sort of reservation is at the moment, it's Sasha doing a deal with New Japan. Stardom hasn't been mentioned Now, whether that means that all of Sasha's matches are going to be solely for the IWGP championship, um, women's championship, obviously. Um, There is, of course, a second Wrestle Kingdom date on the 21st of january in yokohama so that could be a potential date where we see sasha go up against you know presumably Kyrie. um in terms of the wwe dave meltzer has come out and said that they are very far apart in terms of money um when she's trying to negotiate a return to the company i i don't know whether we'll see sasha back in wwe and you know with with the greatest of respect, I don't really care because I I don't watch much WWE anyway. Um, But if we are to see a Jericho-style run in stardom from Sasha, so, you know, four matches, you know, she has one match for the IWGP Women's Championship. Um, Say we get another big March pay-per-view. We had Budokan in 2021. We had World Climax in 2022. Say we have that big my, uh, that big show, maybe at Budokan or maybe at Sumo Hall again in March. Sasha Banks versus Mayu Wibutani would be an absolutely fantastic main event to one of the nights or a fantastic semi-main if we only do one night, depending on where we run and what we're running it for. Um, I don't think we'll see many matches from Sasha if we do. Uh, if she does turn up, I do think she'll come out. I I think there's very little point in advertising the fact that Sasha's going to be there without the crowd seeing her. I know there's some people that have said that she's just going to be like backstage and stuff like that. I don't really see the point in leaking the news because they've 100% leaked this um, to build a little bit of hype around it, and rightly so. But I I don't really see the point in leaking it if Sasha is not going to make an appearance. Um, so I do see it. I don't think she's going to... Um, have a match with Tam, which I would love to see that. I think it would be a great match. I do think she'll just outright challenge Kyrie, um, which again, I'm absolutely fine with. Um, One thing we do need to mention as well is that Wrestle Kingdom has pretty much been cleared as a cheering crowd um so that's going to be fantastic especially if Sasha does make an appearance um that's going to be a fantastic reception the running order for Wrestle Kingdom 17 has been announced as well as well as the full card as well um with the IWGP Women's Championship uh running second behind the junior yeah. tag match which I'm a little bit surprised about um I thought it would have been a smidgen higher than that but ultimately you know You've hyped the crowd up with um, Catch-22 versus um, Leah Rush and Yo, I believe the match is. Um, And then to have Kyrie versus Tam, which is going to be, you know, they're going to give it 15 minutes. It's going to be great. And then to have Sasha Banks come down afterwards, it's a slam dunk. It's a slam dunk. You're going to get a load of hype on the internet. People are going to tune in in droves. um, And hopefully... If there is some deal done for a limited run in Stardom or with certain Stardom wrestlers, it's going to do a lot of good for Stardom. Let's be perfectly honest. I mean, I mean, I mean pick out four names. You know, Julia, Mayu Iwatani, Ita- Utami, and Tam, and then Kyrie for the IWGP Women's Belt. If those are the five matches she has. Or that she's scheduled to have, or the dream matches, that's a run and a half, isn't it?
0: Yeah. And then you have like Azumi, Saya uh, Momo Watanabe, Starlight Kid. There's a lot of like, when this news came out, I'm literally just going through the roster, like, not for nothing. Like, there's a zil, like, I know it's probably match 18 out of my dream match, but how awesome would Sasha Banks versus Hanan be? Like, I'm not even joking because we love her theme music. Like, seriously, that was, like, I, I'm going down the roster. I'm like, all right, we're probably not going to get a full-time run. And I'm like, gee, like, w- if you can only pick four or five matches, which one, Other, other. you know, I think everybody's going to agree on the Mayu match, but, like, what are the other four? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, holy gee, I mean, it's all just can't miss, can't miss, can't miss, can't miss. But, uh, yeah, I, I understand. I was chatting with somebody on uh, Twitter the other day saying, well, it's men- it's a New Japan deal, not a Stardom deal, and I'm like, I understand that, but at the same time, who is she going to be wrestling in New Japan? Exactly. As much as I would exactly. love to see Sasha, as much as I would love to see Sasha versus Minoru Suzuki, I don't <laughs> think it's going to happen. I mean, crazy stuff has been happening over the last few years in wrestling. Forgot for, for Christ's sakes, Rob. We might be coming out with our own beer in the next year. Another story <laughs> for another day. But Sasha Banks versus Minoru Suzuki. Okay, sign me up. But I don't think I don't think it's gonna happen. I think maybe they use her as like on a Dominion show where if she's not the champion, you know, it's Kyrie versus Mayu. Let's just say is like is the co-main event of that show, and then like second or third, it's like Sasha versus Utami. We're just gonna put that. Match, even though it's a stardom wrestler versus you know kind of in this big huge star coming over from the states. But at the same time, it's a, you know it, on a New Japan show. At the same time, it's like you Tommy's a stardom wrestler. You know that's who that's that's who she's gonna stardom. Obviously, has the uh the deal with Bushi Road in New Japan. So she's like I said, not unless she's gonna be wrestling Minoru Suzuki or Okada or Tanahashi, mm-hmm. she's going to be wrestling stardom wrestlers, whether it's on a New Japan show or a stardom show. Regardless, this is only 52 thumbs up for uh, for us Stardom fans over there, and uh, we will be covering all of the all the all the uh material in action.
1: Yeah, I will just qualify. I meant that she will be only wrestling on New Japan events, is what I meant. When I said that the deal was with New Japan, I obviously don't expect you know her to turn up and join House of Torture, um, which. <laughs>
0: Oh, I'm, please god no
1: <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> just her and evil running through the mid card um but i i I would be very very surprised if we see for example sasha banks turning up a shinkiba first ring um and doing an undercard tag match with um saki kashima and fukiken death for example um but i do think you what's know, wrong with saki what's wrong with saki kashima and Fukken death rounds? Right? <laughs> sasha banks versus saki kashima i would be more than into and We do need to talk about, like, Sasha Banks' selling is outstanding. Can you imagine? We I mentioned five wrestlers just off the top of my head there. We both think that Suri is going to be dropping that red belt by the end of this year. Suri versus Sasha Banks would be an incredible match. I mean, can you imagine Sasha selling the lariats of people like Marai, Himika, Micah? Jesus wept. I mean... Obviously, all of this, every single thing, apart from, you know, the rumors that have been reported widespread across the Internet, including by Dave Meltzer. um, Everything we're saying is speculation. She might not turn up. She might well have just been given a really nice seat and she's going to turn up in the crowd like an NXT takeover. Um, But if she does turn up, she does wrestle on some New Japan shows. Let us know who you would like to her to see wrestle because obviously it's going to be Stardom wrestlers definitely, um, unless of course you're all eager to see her and Mandy Rose join up, like I say, with the House of Torture. Um, we were. <laughs> we were Mandy Rose's name? Out? <laughs> do you know what? It's on fire today. I I feel so sorry for Mandy Rose, but that's that's a completely different conversation. Um. Yeah, so we'd love to hear who you would like to see Sasha Banks wrestling in Stardom because I imagine there, we like I say I mentioned five, there are interchangeable names and you could mention upwards of ten wrestlers that Sasha Banks could wrestle and have barn burner matches with. Um, it's a very, very, very exciting time. And just going back to what you said, Matt, about um, you getting excited about Io Shirai. Um, not a day goes by when you're not excited by the prospect of Io Shirai. But I think in terms of had the regime not changed in WWE and the way it did, I do honestly believe that EO would have been back in Japan.
0: Yeah. I had a friend of mine who kind of works in the, uh, the, the inner 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 workings of uh, WWE saying that, um, that her contract was up and she was still kind of just hanging out there in Florida and her and Dakota Kai were having, um, like zoom meetings with the brass over at uh Bushi road. So whether that's true or not, I don't know, but I'm like, oh this was after like a month after she already came back. I'm like, stop. Like you're already, my heart's already on the ground. Stop stomping on it. Like st- stomping on it. But yeah, I think we were like a week or two weeks away. If the regime didn't change that Io Shirai would have been back in stardom. But uh, I know it's another story for another day, but supposedly the, uh, the old man wants to come back. So we might see Io Shirai back in the stardom ring in six months. <laughs>
1: i will eat my hat live on this podcast if vince mcmahon comes back. there
0: it is folks there it is folks and he's gonna watch it down with a trooper beer
1: and hey i mean like you know new japan have seen carl anderson carl anderson is gonna be in a prevalent spot on wrestle kingdom defending that never openweight championship against tamatonga it's a little bit of an open door between wwe and new japan who knows maybe iosha will come in for a one-stop we uh, and we can we can watch it whilst supping on a lovely cold glass of the Stardom craft. Yeah. Um, let's go through these two uh, shows that we're going to look at. Then, as Stardom started their last tour of the year, the Year End Tour 2021. Night one was on Saturday, the 10th of December, from Eddie and Arena Osaka 2 uh, in front of 468. People, We opened with a singles match, Tomoka and Arbor defeating Lady C with the delightfully convolutedly named one shot, one kill Tomoka kick um, in a shade under nine minutes. Aside from being a ridiculously named finisher, um, there was a lovely bit of technical. Matt Grappling from the great car C to open this match, Matt.
0: How dare you? You always work that in.
1: Man. You always, always work that in. Yeah. Uh, first of all,
0: that finishing name from Tomoka Inaba just rolls right off the tongue. I want that on a t-shirt. It'd be the front and the back. But anywho. <laughs> yeah, this was this was really good because you also, also have a, uh, both these ladies are both really great technical wrestlers. And I think Lady C, or as you call her, the great Car C, her technical wrestling ability, we really don't get to see it too much. Well, this was nice that they gave her a singles match in about nine minutes with Tomoka Inaba. So there was some really good, uh, you know, chain wrestling and ground grappling kind of back and forth to start. And then you kind of have the size advantage and the strikes with these two. But I think Tomoka, uh, Tomoka Inaba, Naba, you know, h- however you want to pronounce her name, I think she's absolutely fantastic. I think that Rossi Ogawa coming off this year which is obviously a banner year for him i think going into 2023 he needs to get uh tomoka and suzu suzuki under full-time contracts uh, obviously with prominence and just tap out i don't know what their contracts are but uh that is a dream app for me for for next year because I would love to see Tomoka in uh, next year's five star Grand Prix. Another story for another day, but I thought this was really really good. I liked how the finish came where uh, Lady C was going for her giant choke slam, and uh, Tomoka was able to block and She hits like this this like left hook to the kidneys. That just absolutely just like it's going to crumble somebody. I love how she hits it and she pauses and she waits for the crowd to register. And then she hits like a mid kick or a spinal kick. And then eventually she builds up to the one shot, one kill uh, penalty kick for the win. Uh, We saw that here and we saw it on night two. But I thought this was fantastic. I thought both ladies were great. I'm becoming just a huge fan of Tomoka Inaba. I had this at three and a half stars and I'm going to have an early prediction that tomoka is the one that wins the pre-show uh, battle royal at dream queendom
1: you've changed your tune what happened to wacker yeah. for life matt
0: you i don't well i, I it's not a cheering crowd
1: <laughs> oh yeah that's a good point
0: actually not it's not yes. a cheering crowd you need that you need that pop so when they do the tokyo dome show um and she beats sasha banks in the summer that's <laughs> when it's gonna be there it is i booked it <laughs>
1: There you go. There you go. Um, Yeah, massive fan of uh, Inaba. I think Lady C is coming on leaps and bounds, coming on as a real bruiser. Some of those strikes he's throwing and some of those big boots she's throwing, especially um, on night two, were really, really, really stiff, looked really, really good. Overall, I'm massively, massively into Inaba as a performer, I think. You mentioned, obviously, her and Suzuki coming into stardom. I would be extremely surprised if Suzu Suzuki is able to be tied down to a full-time contract. Um, Inaba might be might be a better option. Um, not a better option than Suzuki, but it might be an easier option contract-wise is what I mean. Um, obviously, at the moment, she's holding um, the Queen of JTO belt, so it's a little bit difficult, but I would be surprised if Inaba isn't under contract with Stardom by March... I'd be very, very surprised because coming off the back of the tag league as part of Karate Brave, she was certainly one of the better things to come out of tag league. So, yeah, massively, massively impressed with her over the two nights. Um, match two was a tag team match with the Iweratai team of Saki Kashima and Momo Watanabe defeating the Cosmic Angels team of Natsupui and Wakasukiyama, with Saki getting the pinfall over Paul Waka with the My Emblem in 8 minutes and 57 seconds. Uh, a good couple of nights for Oeta time at who I believe went 0 for 3 or 3 for 0 should I say in uh, in terms of victories yeah this match was kind of weird because it's
0: like Poi and Wak are not like a normal team and neither Saki and Momo like you could have mixed this up any other way so it's kind of like when the graphic came up I was like alright fine whatever and this match like really over delivered and, yeah, this was a really, really good weekend for Uedotai, getting, obviously, a whole bunch of wins here and then getting the win on the uh, the main event of the next show, which we'll talk about. But uh, as much as I was kind of like, ah, oh, this match will be okay. This match, to me, really, really over-delivered. Obviously, poor Waka just eating kicks from Momo. And then Waki and Saka, who were really good at, like, the flash pins at the end, um, they did a really good job trading them back and forth. So you kind of figured it was going to end with Saki getting the... Uh, the Kishi side, the most dangerous move in all of professional wrestling on Waka, but she decided I'm gonna I'm gonna take a night off from the most dangerous move in pro wrestling, and I'll just hit the my emblem on this uh this Waka kid. But yeah, this match really over delivered. I really enjoyed it, and I had this one at three and a half stars.
1: I had it at three and a quarter. I completely agree with you. In fact, I know that obviously these two shows are effectively road two shows as we near uh, Dream Queendom two, but. They're actually both nights are short, sharp, and full of like real hidden gems. There's a couple on the next night as well where I thought, Jesus, these there are some really, really good matches worth checking out if you've got some time. This is one of them. Um, it's always fun to watch Momo Watson Arbe break up a bridging pin with a sharp kick to the back as well. Um, but I loved Momo and Natsapoy's exchanges. You know, both of them are fantastic wrestlers, and it's always funny to watch Natsapoy just. Ragdoll sell absolutely everyone's offense because she's so damn good at it. Um, overall, a really, really, really fun little match. Um, we move on to another tag team match. And by the way, Oeratai went 4-0 if you count Starlight Kid's singles victory on this night as well. Um, the Oeratai team of Natskatura and Ruaka defeated the stars team of Koguma and Momokogo, with Ruaka getting the pin with the Ruaka bomb over Momokogo in 9 minutes and 20 seconds, obviously heating her up ahead of her Future of Stardom championship match Against Amisori at new blood, six um she slips off the ropes whilst hitting the Ruwaka bomb, uh, which is unfortunate however, this followed this was followed by one of my perhaps my most favorite stardom moments of this year was her then shushing the crowd afterwards in an apparent act of defiance, despite it being a clap crowd who aren't allowed to make any noise. And I don't know why, Matt, but that proper tickled me. And it tickled <laughs> me for the rest of the show.
0: Well, who's the only true heel group in all of stardoms? So if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be... <laughs> that's
1: true. That's true. Tora rightly I'm... smacks her around the head afterwards as well for messing up the move, uh, which is a touch I properly like. And the fact that all of Oedertai were laughing at it. I like that they full in, like went all in on it.
0: Yeah, I thought this match was, uh, it was good, not great. Just didn't seem like it got to the second gear. I thought was doing a lot of her comedy stuff. I thought Kogo sometimes she goes like a little bit too fast. Like she doesn't let things register at some times. I think they were kind of just going through the paces. This one just didn't seem. Oh, don't get me wrong. All four of these ladies worked. Uh, they worked very, very hard. And like, like I said, Verwaka's really doing a great job of improving. Really liking the stuff that she's doing with Torah. and I'm glad that they're a tag team. Uh, coming off, uh, which I thought was a very excellent uh, tag league. Obviously, to tag in here and uh, the big, big show at the end of the month, Dream them, They're in a number one contenders match, so I'm glad they're keeping the two of them together. But to this, to me, this one just didn't really click. It seemed like timing was off. It seemed like. Uh, uh, positioning was off. It just didn't seem like it gelled. So I gave this one the gentleman's three stars.
1: Completely agree. Um, I'm I'm interested that you've brought up Momokogo there because um, something something similar happened on night two as well, where she seemed to. I remember, I think it was Armani Shoe Exchange, um, who said that sometimes in Mayu's early career, she would write checks. Her mind would write checks that her body couldn't cash, effectively. So she'd come up with these spots. And then because they were a little bit too advanced or because she was going too quickly or because she was just too um, optimistic, she'd, she'd mess them up. And that seems to be ringing true of Kogo, who is getting the basics down really well. I think her fundamentals of wrestling are improving all the time. Um, I mentioned last week that she was doing really, really well as like this endearing baby face. But there's a couple of times, and it seems to be when she's going for the Tiger Feint kick, maybe just stop doing it, um, where she'll slip on the ropes or she'll be going too quickly. And it, seem, it, it does seem to creep into her matches. Um, overall, I gave this three stars. It was fine. It was, it was a good match. Um, all four women would have better matches on night two, Um, but yeah, overall, I think this served primarily to try and heat Ruwaka up ahead of her, uh, her match with Amisori at New Blood, which I think she is inevitably losing Matt. What about you?
0: yeah absolutely. I mean that's the whole I think Amy's gonna have a, a pretty good run with it. I don't think she's gonna have as as good as long as a rabbit as Hanan did um, that run was just fantastic, but going back on Momo kogo sometimes uh sometimes less is more uh sometimes if you're worried about the next spot, the next spot, the next spot, you're not reacting into certain things, and I think that's kind of what we've been seeing a little bit from her here, and I love Momo kogo. I think she's fantastic. I think she's enduring. I think the crowd does a really good job getting behind her, but Sometimes just uh, just less is more. Don't do five things. Do two. Don't do five things half ass. Do two or two two or three things really really good and and maybe that's what we'll see from her. Obviously she's going to just she'll, she'll keep improving, so I'm not worried there.
1: Oh no, me neither. It's it it's actually it, it's quite nice to see that she is trying more complicated things. Um, that sort of bodes well for the future. But obviously at the moment just. Wait until you've got the basics down, then go for it. And I do like the fact that she's improving. And like you said, I am a big fan of Momo Kogo. And I I'm gonna put this out there. I see Momo Kogo as the person to dethrone Amisori for the future belt. So uh Ooh, there you one, go. Buddy. 15th of December. Um, and that's when we're recording. So that's where you can time that prediction down to. And then when Kogo in you know inevitably gets nowhere near the belt because i've predicted it you can all laugh at me um, <laughs> match four then singles match starlight kid defeated tecla with the o'connor bridge in seven minutes and eight seconds um there's really good chemistry between these two though i thought that you could tell that they were holding something back matt maybe for a match further on down the line what did you think
0: Yeah, uh, I agree. It's only got seven minutes, but it was seven minutes of don't blink because these two literally it was almost like I know it's not a high speed championship match or number one contenders match, but it was like the bell rang and they went right to high speed. And I liked how Starlight Kid used the standing moonsault like two minutes into the match to kind of get the first advantage. Um, And then she was trying to go after uh, Tecla's knee to try to put in the uh, the uh, other leg crusher submission. Uh, yeah, there was some really good stuff. It kind of ebbed and flowed a little bit, and then it kind of just finished with the uh, with the, the O'Connor roll into the Bob Backlund bridge, as I as I call it. But I, I liked how she got there. Like, Tekla went for it. It's like She went to go do the, the bridge and started, like, Kid pushed her off, and then she did the O'Connor roll into the Backlund bridge. So it was kind of like, yeah, you're going to use that on me, but I'm a little bit better at it because I was able to not only get the move, but get the three count. So I like the psychology there, and I like the fact that it was kind of like, this match can end at any time. So yeah, if this match got two or three minutes longer, I think it would have been much better. By all means I thought it was I thought it was excellent. Um I thought uh I thought these two, yeah, exactly. They worked well together. They had really good chemistry. And I actually had this one at uh at three and a half stars. And then even even though Techley got pinned right after the bell rang, she went and started attacking Starlight Kid yeah. post match. So yeah, like you said, they left some stuff on the table and even did a little bit of post match angle to build something coming up down the down the future.
1: I think as well, like <laughs> it's it's really nice to see Tecla back in singles action um and it reminds me how we were robbed of seeing her in the five star because I do think she'd have had a great five star um but overall I thought that this match again they laid the groundwork for what would have been an excellent match had it gone you know nine or even ten minutes um because there's only really the main event that goes any sort of any sort of distance so they would have had the time to do it um but what I do like is how Kid beats Tekla with her own move, and that incenses Tekla into attacking her after the bell and it just it 's building a little bit of a story and then obviously they 'd face off in the main event as part of that eight that ten woman tag um and I do like the fact that Tecla's channeling her inner Julia by going after kid 's mask during the match, so overall really good match one that I would check out over these two nights um again, my last note just wish they 'd have been given longer. Match five then, another singles match, Tam Nakano defeating Mei Sakurai with the Northern Cross in 12 minutes and 14 seconds. Now, I'm sure someone is going to point out that this is absolute nonsense and I'm talking out of my arse. But I'm sure Mei Sakurai is wrestling this match in the last incarnation of a Cosmic Angels gear, which, if she is, is a fantastic subtle touch to this match.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Real quick, Rob, what did you give uh, your rating on the uh, Techless Starlight Kid match?
1: Oh, I'm sorry, three and a half. I thought i said three um, and a we're,
0: half. We're done. But um, no, you're not talking out your ass, or as you say, your arse. Uh, <laughs> I. It looked like she was. Yeah, it was like you know what? I'm gonna put this on one last time, and then after I'm done with this match, I'm gonna burn it. Um, I thought it was really cool because we've all, you know, usually start them on these quote unquote road to shows. They give us a whole bunch of tag matches. We got a couple singles matches here, and this one kind of piqued my interest because it was almost like the revenge of Tam Nakano on my May Sakurai uh, for leaving uh for leaving to go to Julia, you know, Tam's biggest rival on DDM, you know, leaving Tam and Cosmic Angels. So uh, I was kind of really hamped up for this one and this one to me just, it didn't get into that third gear. I thought that they worked well together. They get, they gave him a, a good amount of time, went over 12 minutes. Um We saw Tam winning with the submission so now we have something more into Tam's, you know, into her her arsenal, obviously, she's got the Tiger Suplex, she's got Twilight Dream, she's got the uh, the violent screwdriver. And now we've seen her with this Northern Cross, this basically leg choke submission, which I thought was really really cool. Um, I thought they worked well together, but just seemed like towards the middle got a little bit of choppy and it kind of just didn't get back on track into the finish. I just don't know what it was. It seemed like they were gelling well up until maybe about the seven or eight minute mark and they didn't get back on track until about minute 11. Um, so To me, just again, they worked well. It wasn't, it wasn't a fantastic match. It was good, just maybe touching great. I had a three and a quarter stars, but uh, I think what really killed it for me, Rob, I know it's a clap crowd, so you can't make a lot. Well, I guess you can make noise because you're clapping, but like the crowd really, I mean, Tim really had to get the crowd. Even I think NASApoy was outside there. And I think maybe, maybe Julie as well, or some members of DDM, they really had to work the crowd to get him into this. Cause the crowd, especially towards the end, they just didn't seem like they were into this match at all. And it kind of made it for like a cold match.
1: I'll be honest, I thought they were like that for the entire mat, the entire night. Um, the main event, Julia and Mirai had to really work to get the crowd into this match. And this is, you know, effectively your two big factions going against it ahead of Julia and Suri at uh, Sumo Hall. And it was very much a case of, right, come on, let's get clapping. Come on, guys, let's get into this match. And you're absolutely right. But I did feel that that was a theme throughout the entire night. Um I thought, you know, obviously the story is very simple. They're trying to sort of build the fact that May has improved as a performer since she's left Cosmic Angels. And, uh, you know, the fact it takes two violent shootings and this new submission to finish her off, it is it is that it does, it does do justice to that story. I do agree with you. It did feel a little bit disjointed. I think they were trying to do a very emotional match with a very heatless crowd, which didn't help. You know, you got the spot in the middle where they were... Um, literally sitting and kicking each other in the head. And that that should be a moment of great emotion and great passion. And the crowd just weren't into it at all, which, of course, didn't help. Um, post-match, May refuses the handshake, slaps Tam instead. Um, obviously, she's seeking to surpass Tam, not gain her respect. She says she's glad she left Cosmic Angels for Donna Del Mondo, which is an interesting path to go down when you've just lost Um, but Tam says not to say that until she's beaten her and then May goes on to thank DDM and on her growth and promote the main event I do think this is a program that once we get cheering crowds back and once May has continued to improve you know we've both said on this podcast just how much May has improved because I was not a big May Sakurai fan at all when she first debuted and I'm still not a big fan of her elbow drop but that's a that's a different thing Um <laughs> I have a a note. God, once you're done, I have a note here (laughs) about (laughs) that. Africa. But I do think she's improved massively. I don't think she's on the level of Tam, and I don't think anyone thinks she's on the level of Tam at the moment. However, that moment when she does beat Tam, because it'll come. You know, that's her story. It'll come. She'll beat Tam, whether it's in a tag match with a roll-up or whether it's in a big, high-passion singles match for a belt. It'll happen and it'll be a nice arc to finish off, but I don't think May's there yet. Um, I gave it three and a quarter, Matt. What about you?
0: I had a three and a quarter and I have a note here in the middle. Do you think the crowd was dead because May Sakurai missed the elbow drop? And the crowd <laughs> so wanted to see it. And they're like, we don't care what happens. Set each other on fire. We don't care. We we, <laughs> we paid our money to see one move and we didn't
1: get it. <laughs> All 468 people in Osaka are May Sakurai elbow drop fans. Who'd have guessed it? Got, like, ah. <laughs> um good. Match six then, our semi-main of night. One was a six-woman tag team match, the Queen's Quest team of Utami Hai- uh, Hayashista, Saya Kamatani and Azumi defeating the stars team of Mayu Hazuki and Saya Ida, with Azumi pinning Saya with the diving double foot stomp in 13 minutes and 51 seconds. Um, Matt, something tells me, and it might just be the participants involved in this match, that you will have liked this match quite a lot.
0: I'm a big fan of any iteration of Queen's Quest. Doesn't matter, you know, from the EO run to the Momo, but when I th- literally, as they made their entrance, I text you and I said, man, Queen's Quest, when they come out, when it's Azumi, Sayakamatani, and Utami, they feel like they're just the coolest. Mm-hmm. They feel like the NWO back in 96 when it was Hogan, Hall, and Nash, or the Horseman in the 80s, or like, you know, DX when it was, you know, Michaels and Triple H, they just seem like the coolest people. They have the robes. You know, two of them have championships. So, uh, Utami's got the, f- the 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 rose, the flower, and they just seem like not only are the coolest, but they're gonna kick your ass. And then on the other side, you have Sayida, who kicks ass, Hazuki who kicks ass, and Mayu who's one of the greatest ever. There's no match could miss, and but and it didn't. This was this was fantastic. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I mean, these you, we knew who you look at the card, you look at this, and like, all right, we we know what's gonna happen in the finish. We know poor Sayaeda is gonna eat the fall. But, man, they did a good job heating her up, and they made her look really, really good. Um, I was a big fan of the uh, Aphrodite had to really come together as a team towards the end to kind of get one over on Hazuki and Mayu to kind of eliminate them. And then the finish was they hit them. Uh, it, it, it was a good job building Sai Eat up because it took two back-to-back big moves. It took the, uh, the Magic Killer from Aphrodite and then the uh, huge, gorgeous double foot stomp from Izumi. But, yeah, this was this was fantastic. I'm a huge fan of all six ladies and I'm going to make an early prediction that the first winners of Triangle Derby will be the Queen's Quest team of Sayakama Azumi, and Yutami haisha So what a better way to end that first tournament than having the coolest faction, the coolest three members of that faction win the tournament. But uh, yeah, this was... Uh, all sorts of awesome. Uh, three and three fourth stars for me. Wish it was longer. I wish it went. I went what thirteen fifty one. I wish this one went fifty one fifty one.
1: <laughs> went proper all Japan in the nineties. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I'm completely. I completely agree with you. It was a great match. I love the fact that they were able to weave in little bits of comedy. You know, Mayu Butani kicking Azumi that hard that she had to. Um, that she had to tag out to Hazuki oh, yeah, uh, because yeah, she injured foot. Yeah. Um, but then you had some absolutely fantastic exchanges. Hazuki and Sai Kamatani showing us exactly why that was the big white belt match that we are waiting for. Um, Mayu and Yutami reminding us that that match was fantastic for the red belt way back when. Um, and, of course, there's a little bit of history, Hazuki having been a member of Queen's Quest back in there. Um, we had Sayurida and Sai Kamatani, though they didn't really – interact I don't think at all really um, obviously they were on a similar level when they first debuted and were sort of fighting for the future of Stardom Championship it was a really 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 good match and that diving double foot stomp from Azumi it really doesn't tell the story because there are some who hit the move and they don't brace the knees and you can see that they're sort of protecting their opponent. Azumi does not do that at all. She goes in for the kill and the way she hits Sayurida, you can fully believe that that's like a rib broken or a broken wrist from Saya. Like, it was it was a horrible horrible move to take, but it looked really cool. Um, I gave it three and three quarter stars. I am going to counter your uh, your prediction for the uh, triangle derby. I'd I'd be amazed. I would be amazed. If they put Utami, Saya, and Azumi together as a team, because that leaves as the other Queen's Quest team Hina, Lady C, and Mio Amasaki, and I just I don't see that being the case. I I think it will probably be Azumi, Miu and Hina, Utami, Saya, and Lady C. That that's how I see it. Um, just because you sort of the. Problem that you run into there is who is the pin eater out of Yutami, Sire, and Azumi? And obviously, you know, you don't want all three of the lower card of Queen's Quest in one team. I'd love to see it. And if they are a trio, hell yeah, they need to win it. um But we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. We should be getting some sort of. Uh, Update on that because that starts on the 3rd of January. So we should be nearing an announcement on uh, on the teams and everything. Maybe we'll get that on uh, the 29th of December or the 24th. We'll probably get it at year end climax, if I'm honest. Uh, Thanks for
0: breaking my heart, Rob. I'm always so excited to talk to you. And I, <laughs> I love Queen's Quest and they're the best. And I'm like, this is going to be the team. And I'm like, you know, Matt, you're an idiot. You have no idea what you're talking about. Have you ever seen wrestling before? <laughs> that hurt. That hurt. <laughs> Call yourself a pro wrestler. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Honestly,
0: how dare you? What a mar. How mock. dare you? Real quick, yeah. <laughs> Damn right, we all are. But real quick, just to go back on the match, yeah, you hit the 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 nail on the head, buddy, with the Saya versus Suzuki. I have that like circled and starred. With the star of uh, stars, Suzuki. Look at that! How about that? Didn't Honestly. mean to do that. Terrible. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to be the uh, the white belt match that I maybe um, at World Climax uh, next year. Be that as it may, uh, I'm excited to see it, and I think that uh, that's you know shooting fish in a barrel. That's a, that's a home run with those two. But uh, yeah, that's that. And uh, I now I feel better about myself. Uh, <laughs> I pulled I pulled myself up, folks, in the bootstraps. Started to talk about Hazuki and Sao Kamatani. <laughs>
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, we move on then to our main event, which was a six-woman tag team match uh, preview of what we're going to be getting at Dream Queendom 2 with Donna Del Mondo team of Julia, Micah, and Himika defeating the God's Eye team of Suri, Morai and Amisori with Julia, hitting Amisori with the Glorious Driver in 21 minutes and 31 seconds. Something that I love about the partnership between Julia and Suri um, is ordinarily when you've got a big title match and you've got the tag team matches that sort of run up to it, um, you, you try and hide that partnership to try and leave something for the night. Here... Not a problem. Shuri and Julia are right in the middle of that ring to start this match because they can't wait for the competition. They see it as competition. They aren't scared of each other. They want to fight each other. And it's it's a refreshing dynamic to what we see ordinarily. You know, if we get, for example, the main event of Wrestle Kingdom, Jay White versus Okada, if they have a tag match at the Road to Tokyo Dome, for example, you know for a fact that they won't start the match together and will get maybe what 30 seconds of those two wrestling before they tag out, and inevitably, Hiroki Goto takes the pin. But here they not only open the match, You're terrible. <laughs> I love Goto, I'm by sad. the way, he's one of my favorites in New Japan. But <laughs> bless him, and he has just one tag league as well. So, uh, go Bishamon. Um, anyway, I um, they had the opening, but then had an extended stretch right in the middle as well so they aren't scared of giving these ladies time to build this feud and i love it like i say i think it's a really 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 refreshing dynamic matt
0: yeah you know it's funny when that co-main event that we just talked about finished and i kind of forgot what the main event was and i'm getting ready to go to the next match and i'm like well what an idiot stardom is like what's gonna be better than this like what's the main event like you know not that i don't i don't do a stardom podcast or anything and i'm trying to forget what, what what wrestlers are left and i'm like you're like, what's what's going to beat that? Hazuki and Sayakama, Tanya. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, this is way better. What do I get? Yeah, you're right. What do I know? You're right. Rob. What do I know? <laughs> but uh, yeah, this match was all sorts of awesome, especially like, yeah, yeah, Julia. You figured they would kind of build to them. And Julia's like, nope, I'm starting. Sherry's like, no, I'm starting. And they give you just a little bit in the beginning where they do the grappling and they tag out. And I'm like, ah, that's probably all that you're going to get. And then you kind of get all these tag outs. You have all this building, building, building. And then you get to the crux of the match. And then Shuri and Julia, they come in the ring and they give you way more than an appetizer. They give you uh, basically just a little sample of what we're going to get on the 29th, which we all know is going to be awesome. There's no way it's not going to be uh, at least a four and a half star match with these two. So then they give you that. And then um, I'm a big fan of how. Ami is just like chopping Julia getting towards the end as they're building towards the finish. It's like, here's the leader of your faction. Just, you know, the number one contender who's more than likely going to win the most prestigious belt in the company. And she's just feeding chops to Ami Sorri, and She's in danger. And what happens? Mike and Himika come in like henchmen. And they just lair the crap out of Ami Sori that eventually just uh, basically sets up towards the finish. I thought that was really cool how, huh? like, Mike, and it basically puts Ami Sori over. And we've seen that with Julia with a lot, with a lot of the lower tier, lower card members of the Stardom roster. We saw it with Miyu Amasaki at the New Blood show. She's not afraid to give as, as big as a star as Julia is and will become and the main eventer. She's not afraid to give people in the match that are mid card or, you know, the lower tier card, and I mean that with all due respect to Ami. Sorry, it's just a loaded roster. She's not afraid to give these people a lot of shine. And here it is. She's getting chopped and the bejesus beat out of her. You figured, okay, maybe she'll make her comeback. But no, she has to have Mike and Himika come in and basically almost like save her, which, I, again, that's just a testament of just how great Julie is. And she just makes wrestlers that are good. Just She makes them just so much better. So I thought that was great. Um, and again, yeah, we got the little preview of uh, not only do we get the preview of Julia versus Shuri, we got a little preview, too, of the three-way tag with Mahimi and uh, the new errors as well, as we had some really good tag stuff with Mariah Amisari and Mike and Himika. But this match was all sorts of great. Um, this absolutely, you know, a hidden gem, a match that you have not seen. Go out of your way to see it. And, you know, just a little over 20 minutes. I had to set four stars flat. Love this match. My favorite match from this show.
1: Completely in agreement with you. Four stars, definitely my favourite match of the show. Um, completely agree with you. Julia gave Amisori a tremendous amount in this match before, obviously finishing her off with a glorious driver. Um, you talked about how the Julia and Suri exchanges were great. Completely agree with you. But for me, the best exchange in this entire match was Mariah and Himika literally attempting to level each other with lariats, like they held nothing back like you could hear the sound of their respective collarbones as each one hit these thumping lariats it was like cannon fire it was great and if we get anything like that at uh, dream queendom i am very 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 excited um post-match julia apologizes for making suri cry and then promises to end suri's vermilion world and obviously we'll do our predictions for dream queendom um, in our next podcast, which will be sort of our preview of Dream, Queendom, and Year End Climax. Um, But I think both of us do see Julia ending series Vermillion World, don't we, Matt?
0: Yeah, and what a, what a line. And kind of just to hit the rewind button, just a couple of seconds, talking about Mariah and Himika throwing, you know, hitting each other with those lariats, which is odd to me because I just... The, 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 those two wrestlers really don't throw a lot of lariats, so i was shocked i just popped myself i was shocked that they <laughs> layer each other as much as they did yeah you're, you're absolutely right buddy that was awesome and that little promo thing with julie at the end where i'm going to end your vermilion world which is you know obviously the name of sherry's uh nuclear finish and the the move that she debuted at last year's dream Kingdom against utami to win the red belt so it's kind of coming full circle as we are just uh weeks away from the show on the twenty ninth and a really good go home promo uh to end this show
1: absolutely absolutely overall and i've said this um i've said this earlier on the podcast, both these shows are short, snappy, and actually buckets of fun there there isn't really Bad matches per se, and there's actually quite a few that you need to go out of your way and check out because they are really, really good, including on this next show, which I'll be talking about right now. Night two of the year end tour, which aired on Sunday, the 11th of December, from Act. City, Hamamatsu, and Shizuoka in front of 511 people. We opened with another Tomoka Inaba singles match, defeating Wakasukiyama with the incredibly named one-shot, one-kill Tomoka kick in 5 minutes and 38 seconds. Now, perhaps in this match more than in any other I've seen in Inaba she wrestles in a way that reminds me of Konami. Obviously not completely the same, obviously, but with her reliance on stiff kicks and submissions with this cold detachment. And at the moment, she doesn't seem to have that big impact finisher. And it reminds me the way she wrestles, the way she locks in these submissions and saw so that martial arts background. She really does remind me of Konami in this match, Matt.
0: Yeah, um, I never put those two together, but you're absolutely right. And the way that Konami and Inaba would set up their, like, basically their chain wrestling to set up their strikes and submissions. Yeah, I never put those two together, but well done, kind sir. Well done. Um, But, uh, yeah, this was really, really good. And, of, of course, poor Waka just, is there anybody more endearing at taking beatings and losses than poor Waka? This was perfect spot to open the show, like I said, in front of 500 people, and thanks to... uh super friend of the podcast Darren Chatton for giving us the attendance figures always good uh when uh, he always reaches out to uh, to give it, to give us the numbers there but yeah this was really good 5 minutes 38 seconds got it done at 3 and a quarter stars but like i said my man very good on the konami inver references great job
1: um i'm always a fan of Waka's energy um and you mentioned wacker really and it looks like she's trying to progressively bring more moves into her arsenal. She attempted a hammerlock DDT at one point, which I think she's used uh, maybe twice. I don't think she's used it often. So if she's attempting to sort of um, expand her moveset, I am all for it. That strike to the side from Inaba sounded like a bloody whip crack. It was awesome i rewound it i was like my god the noise um but overall this match was short snappy did what it needed to i gave it three stars like say it went under six minutes it was it did exactly what it needed to matt
0: absolutely yeah I had three and a quarter stars
1: uh, sorry, match two. Tag team yep. match. The Queen's Quest <laughs> Just about, just about. I was apparently that excited to talk about this next match. Fire up, fire up, fire <laughs> up. Uh, tag team match, Queen's Quest team of Utami High and the Great Car C defeating Star's team of Kogume <laughs> and Momo Kogo with the torture rack bomb in nine minutes. And 49 seconds. Now, there's a couple of things I want to mention about this match before I throw to you, Matt. The first thing is I genuinely thought that someone had accidentally fast-forwarded the match as Kogima is sprinting around the building because she is going like the clapper. She proper has to slow down to allow Lady C to actually gain on her because she's going that fast. Um, I've already mentioned Lady C's big boots, how they look really devastating nowadays. It gives me proper big Kevin Nash vibes, which is an odd thing wow. to but like you know how Kevin oh, Nash just geez. proper stepped into the big boots? That's what Lady C is doing, and I think it's just because of the size. I don't know if that's why. Um, but also, um, Kogo gets hit with the big swing and doesn't tap, which immediately makes her more viable as a champion than Chris Jericho.
0: If anybody that works for stardom listen to this podcast, please, I'm begging you, have Lady C's finisher in 2023 be the power bomb where she puts the cigar out on <laughs> the person's back.
1: It's what we all want. <laughs>
0: It's what we I all will love. literally I will literally I might have my combust. It's like where's Matt? He's in the hospital. Lady C did the Kevin Nash power bomb. So you know, as much as you're talking about Lady C does I'm gonna go completely 180 this. Get this show back on track, folks. Talk about Lady C stealing stuff from Kevin Nash and from great great collie. How about the fact that Lady C and, and Utami they did the Holy Demon Army's finisher. Yes. They really Kawada did. And Ta- <laughs> yeah, Kawada and Tawe, who actually just got in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame, my second favorite tag team of all time. Rock and Roll Express is number one, in case you're keeping track at home. Yes. So as much as I love Kevin Nash and the great Khali, i due respect. These two harken back to probably the greatest Japanese tag team of all time, Shaki Kawada and Akira Taue. They did the Holy Demon Army finisher, and then uh, Yutami drills poor Momo Koga with a giant clothesline and then hits the torture rack bomb uh, for the three count. And I liked how before she hit it with the clothesline, she tried to go for the torture rack bomb, and Momo Koga popped out and hit a really awesome um, step-up Rana and hooked the legs that Yutami did a phenomenal job of kicking up out at 2.999. There was even like, a, for a split second, I thought, man, are they going to have Momo pin Yutami? Yutami did, did a really great job getting momo over really just on that one spot and uh, we talked about momo in the show before how she was maybe just a little bit off i thought she was really really on her game here especially towards the finishing stretch and then eventually she eats the big clothesline they build towards the finish really good psychology there i had it three and a half stars and again anytime you pull on anything from kawada and Taiwe, always two thumbs up for me and they've done this before when they've had Lady C and Yutami in matches before, they have done the Holy Demon Army finisher, which I completely forgot until they started loading it up. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. They go to this as like one of their tag team go-home moves.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I thought it was a great little nod to it as well, which uh, which was lovely. I was a big fan of Kogo's Tiger Fent DDT, but I'm a bigger fan of Utami catching it and hitting her with a modified air raid crash. Love that. Love that. I really enjoyed this match, to be fair. Again, very similar to the second match on the first night. It was far more fun than it had any right to be. Um, but overall, good match. Gave it three and a quarter stars. I thought, do you know what? They managed to meld the comedy with some heavy hitting Kevin Nash vibes. What more can I want? <laughs> um match three then <laughs> talking about hidden gems on this card the tag team match queen's quest team of azumi and sayakamitani and meltier Nakano and natsapoi ending in a time limit draw at 15 minutes um ladies and gentlemen imagine what these four wrestlers can do in your heads and that's pretty much what the match was matt
0: not only that, but to add to my entertainment and you probably know where I'm going to go with this. Yeah. So I watched this match earlier today. I came home from the gym. My wife was on the couch and she said, about 15, 20 minutes, I need to start baking because she needs to probably make about 1,000 Christmas cookies. And I'm probably not even exaggerating. She's probably going to make a couple hundred. So, okay, no problem. I'm going to eat, shower. I'm going to come down. I need to finish some some wrestling. So I came down, put the laptop on. Didn't even realize she was asleep on the couch. And I said, oh, well, you you, you woke up just in time. <laughs> You woke up just in time, and she's literally texting me right now. Uh, 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 she knows what I'm going to say. She's literally texting me right now a picture of a throw-up face. <laughs> because, <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> so she can probably hear me. <laughs> Hi, honey. But for some reason, <laughs> Tam and Nasa Blake come out first. And I go, this is what you get for not getting up, getting off the <laughs> couch. I said, now you have to watch this entrance. <laughs> and she's like halfway through. And I'm just watching her face. One of these times, I'm, my wife's not a big social media person, so I have to watch. But I really want to record her face as this entrance happens <laughs> <laughs> because it's gold. And from a lady who's the president of our church, she swears a lot when it comes <laughs> to this stuff. And she literally, she's just like, we're just waiting for the reaction. It's about a minute in she goes oh i hope one of them trips <laughs> 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 oh god i oh, love my life amazing. Uh, this match was awesome yes <laughs> so not only was this match awesome but i had that extra precursor going in uh yeah i thought this match was this match is really really good azumi and sai kamatani they don't get enough credit for how great a tag team they are obviously when you think of queen's quest you think of Sai and yutami that's the go-to team azumi you know, a couple years ago when uh, when Momo was there, that was the go to team as well. But when even Azumi and Yutami, uh, we've seen them team up quite a bit and they're a phenomenal team. But when we get to me and Saiyakamatani, and they're really, really good. And again, I'm kind of shocked this wasn't the main event, but it was like third down from the card because you have four champions in there. You know, obviously the tag champions, Azumi, the high speed champion, Saiyakamatani, the uh, Wonder of Stardom champion. And then you see how good the next two matches are. And you're like, oh, okay, no, you got no, you got no problem with that. But I like the psychology of this match, uh, Rob, where it was like, don't get me wrong, Azumi and Saya are great as a team, and Tam and Natsupoy are great individually. But Azumi and Saya, they would get the advantage in the match when it was just like one on one. And then Tam and Natsupoy, they would get the advantage back, like doing tag team stuff. So I thought there was a really good, it's basically almost like a 50 50 match. Um, and then obviously it ends in the time limit draw. So there was really no clear advantage. Like even like Tam and Natsupoy, they hit like the double drop kick where Azumi and Kamatani they go to the outside and then they do the ama- they go for the amazing hand holding dive, the greatest aerial move in the history of pro wrestling. And then Azumi and Kamatani just get up and they punch them down and they hit double springboard drop kicks. And then they try to get the advantage and then they get counted and then they eat uh two stereo German suplexes, which is a trademark from Tam and Natsupoy. So I thought it was great how they were on equal playing field this whole entire match. But anytime with Zooming side, it would get a little bit of advantage. It was a one-on-one situation that didn't last long until the tag champs Tam and Natsupoy would come in and basically just cut them off. So really great job getting the tag team division and the champions over in this match. Um, yeah, this was just this was fantastic. If you haven't seen it, please do go and see it. Uh, I knew this was gonna go to a time limit draw. I didn't care. Um, it, it this was great. I had this at four stars and this was probably either this one or the next match we're going to talk about was probably my favorite match of the weekend.
1: Yeah, I I found it difficult to split these two matches um, that we're going to talk about. I, I mean, you've hit the nail on the head with this. Azumi and are massively, massively underrated as a tag team because they're just simply not the team you put together very often in Queens Quest. Melty are fantastic, continuing to put on absolute bangers as they need to after killing the crowd with their entrance. Um, so. You Know it's it's great. I am joking, I do actually like their entrance, by the way. Um, yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> uh, I'm totally texting a picture of my wife right now the picture of Tam underneath the Christmas tree. So I'll keep you posted what happens. <laughs>
1: Please do if somebody comes in. <laughs> yeah, if, if if he goes quiet on the podcast, guys, right, go ahead, buddy. If he goes quiet on the podcast, guys, I know he said <laughs> it was the internet, his wife's killed him. Um, <laughs> live on air, um, but yeah, fantastic match. You. Absolutely right, Matt. It was was a foregone conclusion that of any match on these two nights, this was going to be the one that went to the time limit drill um, because there's just simply no one that takes the pin in this match. Um, Overall, I gave it four stars. Again, fantastic, fantastic match. Another fantastic match that followed immediately after this was the six-woman tag match. The God's Eye team of Suri Mirai and Amisori defeating the stars team of Maywe Watani, Hazuki and Saya Ida with Amisori pinning Saya with the Brain Buster in 14 minutes and 30 seconds. Another fantastic match, Matt, with no weak links in it. I mean, we are being spoiled somewhat with this roster at the moment, aren't we?
0: Yeah, I mean it is hands down the most loaded roster in all of wrestling Again, I can't go to a time that uh <clears throat> that any roster in wrestling again, maybe harking back to all Japan in the 90s was this loaded but this this was absolutely great. The the trio's team of Sherry, Ami, Sorry, are absolutely fantastic. I don't think we give them enough praise of how great they are, you know, together as a trio. Obviously Sherry's the uh, you know, world of starting champion is, is on an all-time run with that belt. But Hazuki, uh, Mayu, and Saida, they work really, really well together. And I like how, like, in the beginning... The stars team basically they have to do a quick triple team to get the advantage. And then he breakly basically breaks down into a little singles match with Saida and Mirai, where it's just them throwing chops and forearms and lariats, you know. Uh, I thought that was really, really good. And then Mayu basically has to come in and use he uses the uh, the lucha, like her lucha-style offense to get the advantage. And all three members of God's eye. I thought that was cool how you know Mayo comes Mayu comes in. You know, a third way through the match and is able to take out every member's of God's eye. And then they go for the three way, the three way boot scrape. And I always say it impresses me so much because when you have three people hitting the ropes at the same time, if you're just a split second off, Somebody's gonna mess up that spot, and ninety-nine times out of a hundred, they never do. And this is the time that they gets messed up, and it's poor Mayu it was the one that messes up. As she's running, she's in the middle, like she's featured, you know, she's this she's the star of stars, you know, for obvious reasons. But I don't know if you just hit the ropes wrong or whatever. But when when Mayu went to go hit it, the top rope ricocheted and hit her in the back of the neck. And by the time she got her balance, she was already by Sherry just like threw like the weakest kick. And then of course Mayu just kind of just laughed it off. Uh, and then me, Mayu just being the best ever, literally didn't bother her at all. They went right back to doing crazy stuff. But a big fan of when Mayu and Hazuki, uh, they do the double dives into the ropes um, in between the second and third, the suicide dives. Again, if either of those ladies are a half a second off, half a step up, those ropes are going to ricochet back at the person at the wrong time, and it's going to mess up the form. Uh, it did earlier on obviously didn't do it here uh pitch picture perfect the way that they do it and then uh i just maybe the only if i'm gonna have one little nitpick i think the match peaked and then i think they may have went maybe like 45 seconds to a minute longer because like when ami story hit like the brain buster onto uh on the side Eda, the crowd was like oh okay like i i think maybe if they would maybe usually i want matches to go longer this one i think they hit all the spots when they needed to I think it went on maybe just a little bit longer than it needed to. Regardless, this match was fantastic. And again, I don't know which match I like better from this weekend, either this one or the match we talked about before. But I had this one at a solid four stars.
1: Yeah, same here. Can't can't disagree with anything you've said there. Um I didn't mind this one going a little bit longer, to be perfectly honest. Um, especially as we had they had the chance to give a lot of the matches time to breathe. And again, none of these matches, aside from the time limit draw, none of them went over 15 minutes. So it, again, this was a breezy card with only five matches. Um, and it, I didn't feel like this one felt like it was near 15 minutes at all. Um, and again, all six competitors in this match were absolutely fantastic. So I guess... Yeah,
0: what, what, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, buddy, go ahead. No, 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 carry on. I was gonna say I didn't care like that it went too long. I think they hit the the peak spot in about twelve minutes, mm. like forty five seconds. Yeah. Like if it would have went thirty minutes, and they I think they they kind of peaked the match at a certain spot and went on too long. Yeah, these two could have wrestled you know for a year and I wouldn't have cared. But that that's basically <laughs> the point I was trying to say. Yeah, fair enough.
1: Fair enough. Um, let's get to the main event then, which was an enormous 10-woman tag team match with that's Natsukutura, Saki Kashima, Momo Watanabe, Starlike and Ruaka defeating the Donna Dalmondo team of Julia, Mika, Himika, Tekla and May Sakurai with Saki Kashima pinning Mei Sakurai with the most dangerous move in pro wrestling Kish Kasai in 14 minutes and 12 minutes seconds um this was a good main event matt but after the two matches that we'd seen previous it was i don't want to say a notable step down that's extremely that's extremely harsh but it wasn't as good as the previous two partly because those previous two were such good matches
0: yeah absolutely if i would have booked this card i would have flipped it and obviously a way tie is the big heel group here mm-hmm um, with them kind of closing the show, I think it would have been better if they would have closed the show with uh, with God's Eye and the champion. But again, that's just being nitpicky. Yeah, I totally agree. I think this match was really, really good. Um, Momo Watanabe, right from the get-go, is going right after May Sakurai with some brutal kicks. I mean, she's just abusing poor May Sakurai to the point where Julia, Mike, and Himika basically come in for the save. And uh, they do the Uedo tie pose on Uedo tie early on. And that obviously pisses off all the members of Aweido Tai, and then we get the Aweido Tai slash ECW style brawl, and then they do a really good job, kind of just getting everybody in, doing one or two moves, getting them out, getting them over. And there was a spot where um, all the competitors were down, and they were giving time the match time to breathe. And the crowd was getting really, really hot. Again, the night before, the crowd was kind of cold, complete one eighty here. Crowd was really into every single one of the matches. And I just kind of find it funny, you know. You mentioned obviously Saki Kashima wins the match with the most dangerous move in professional wrestling. You know, we saw a solid match with uh, the tag champs versus Sai and Izumi, and then the co-main event was just basically these six ladies just beating the crap out of each other. And how does the show end, Rob? With the most dangerous move in all of wrestling? There's the <laughs> exclamation. There's the exclamation point. I kind of find that a little funny.
1: <laughs> so not only this, but Saki has beaten the red belt champion as well. Um, a couple of weeks ago. So I like I say, the momentum is there. I think Saki Kashima is our next Red Belt champion. I mean, book it, it Rossi. Is. Book it,
0: Rossi. There it is. There um, it is. We have Lady C doing Kevin Nash's powerbomb. <laughs> Saki Kashima, Red Belt champion. <laughs> Folks, do not put any money on either of those two things
1: happening. Please don't. And more importantly, <laughs> never trust me to book a wrestling promotion. Um. <laughs> I thought it was an interesting. After the match, we had some interaction between Natsuki Tora and Mayhemi ahead of their number one contendership match at Dream Queendom. And they brought up the fact that a lot of people assumed that Mayhemi were going to win the tag league, which I thought was interesting. Um, and Natsuki Tora kept up bringing up the fact that Mayhemi have gone for the belt so many times. I mean, they are previous champions as well. She'd she neglected to mention that. But they've been. They've gone for the belt so often they've lost so often what's going to change and um himika gets really quite emotional and says, "You know, when we fight we you will see a different my himi." So I'm intrigued to see what this different Myhimi is, whether it's going to be an aesthetic change or whether it's going to be um, a physical change in the way that they wrestle um, or whether there isn't going to be a change and they lose again. And that sort of plays into a storyline. Um, I'd like to see them win. Um, I think we went into a lot of detail last week about how I think it was a mistake that Myhimi didn't win the tag league, but that's beside the point. Um, I, I do see Myhimi winning. Um, And then Starlight Kill tells Starlight Kill. Starlight Kid. Uh, wow. That... New man. new We got a new name, folks. There we go. Book, book it. Tell me that that's not an amazing move name. The Starlight Kill.
0: Oh, my goodness, folks. There you what go. What there you go. Be like the black. Yeah, we'll figure that out. But oh man, good for you, buddy. <laughs> you messing things. You're like my, messing things up, making it better.
1: Absolutely. Got to, got to do, mate. When you mess up as often as I do, you've got to be able to roll with the punches. <laughs> um. So Starlight Kid tells Julia um, to basically pass on a message to Suzu Suzuki. um, But Julia thinks she calls her Junior, um, which then starts off this uh, thing of Starlight Kid calling Julia Junior, which was quite funny. Um, The message apparently was to pass on to Suzu Suzuki that she's going to cut off Suzuki's head when they meet in the hardcore artist of stardom championships match at dream queendom. Now I am not a betting man, Matt, but if I were a betting man, I would put all the money I have on that being an empty threat.
0: I'm going to say it's not going to happen, buddy. Yeah. I'm going to say that's not gonna. That's, that's back in the day when the Rock used to say, I'm going to rip your lungs out. Like I know you're the rock you're drawing way more money than I'll ever see that in my entire life. You're not going to rip somebody's lungs out. I don't think we're going to see a murder on this. It's Christmas time, folks. Exactly. I just don't think we're going to see a Mortal Kombat style <laughs> Uh What did uh? What was, your, what was your star ratings, buddy?
1: I gave this three and a half.
0: I had three and three quarters.
1: Yeah. Um. So if you've got the time, guys, I know that obviously there is an absolute mountain of wrestling out there at the moment and people are having to cherry-pick what they watch and I completely understand. But if you do have time, there are a handful of matches from these shows that I would actively encourage you to go and check out. Those um, those two matches from Night 2, the tag match, Queen's Quest versus Meltyr, and the six-woman tag, God's Eye and Stars, and then the final two matches of Night 1 as well. I would go out of my way to see. Um, in terms of the remainder of the tour, let's look ahead to the final... Two nights. So night three will come on Saturday, the 17th of December, tomorrow, as you are listening to this from the Takasaki City, I believe. Um, And the card is as follows. So we have a three-way match, Mei Sakurai versus Miyu Amasaki. Oh, my computer has just reset. That's incredibly frustrating. Um, One second, sorry about that. There we go. But well, while you're doing that... Oh, you got
0: it, okay. I was going to fill time, but you're good, buddy. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> Don't know why. My <laughs> uh, my iCloud just reset. Uh, Mei Sakurai versus Mio Amasaki versus Hina. We've then got a six-person tag match with the Cosmic Angels team of Tam Nakano, Natsupuyo, and Wakasukiyama taking on the stars team of Kogame, Hanan, and Momo Kogo. We then move on to a six-woman tag match with Mayu Iwatani, Hazuki, and Saya Ida taking on the Um, team of Saki Kashima and Fuki Death. Eight-woman tag to follow, Suri, Mirai, Amisori, and Tomoka Inaba taking on the J- Donna Del Mondo team of Julia, Mika Himika and Tekla. And then finally, an eight-woman tag match will be the main event. Yutami Hayashiste and Saya Kamatani and Azumi and Lady C taking on the Oeditai team of Natsukatora, Momo Watanabe, Starlight Kid, and Ruaka. So, Matt, is there anything that immediately jumps out at you there?
0: The main event and the co-main event. Oh, man, as much as I love that Queen's Quest team, especially you're putting Lady C in there with the trio, so we might be able to see the Holy Demon Army finish. I may flip that. I may put the God's Eye DDM just because of Sherry and Julia, but at the same time, it's six of one, half dozen in the other. Um, everything looks pretty well solid, but it's those uh those two eight uh women tag matches as main event and co main event that uh literally they can probably wrestle with their eyes closed and it'll be great.
1: Yeah, I agree. I if we're comparing the two nights, Night 3 and Night 4, I think Night 4 actually looks a little bit of a more interesting card. So this is the following day, Sunday the 18th of December, from New Toshigi Gymnasium. Uh, we open with a three uh, a singles match sorry, between Saya Ida and Lady C. We then have a three-way tag battle with Mai Himi taking on Koguma and Momokogo, and Azumi and Miyu Amasaki. We've then got a six-woman tag... Tamnakano, Natsupoi, and Wakasuki Armor of the Cosmic Angels taking on the Aweratai team of Tora, Saki Kashima, and Ruwaka. Um six-person tag after that with the God's Eye team of Mirai, Amisori, and Suri taking on Julia, Sakurai, and Tekla. And then in our main event, we have got a three-way, nine-person tag battle with the stars team of Maiwe Hazuki, and Hanan taking on the Queen's Quest team of Yutami Hayashista, Sayakamitani, and Hina. And they are also taking on Momo Watanabe, Starlight Kid, and Rina of Oedatai. What about that card then, Matt? To me, there's lots and lots of little interesting things there. I'm intrigued by the three-way battle at the start of the card. And this nine-person three-way looks quite interesting, the main event.
0: Yeah, um I'm kind of gonna kind of disagree with you just a little bit. I think the uh the night 3, I think that card looks a little bit better especially like I said with the uh the two eight people uh team as the main and co-main. But yeah, that uh I'm, there's going to be some interesting matchups with those nine ladies in the main event and the co-main event as well should be fun as well. Regardless both shows look really really good. I'm really looking forward to watching them and I'm really looking forward to uh talking about them with you uh next week, my friend. Um but yeah, that nine person one with uh, with Heenan and uh you know Han and because um, they weren't on any of these shows that we just reviewed so Maybe they're on holiday break from school again. Pff, priorities, ladies, come on. Uh, <laughs> saying that to the school teacher, right? Come Absolutely. on, get your priorities together. If if, yeah, if you had a kid that like missed eight days, and like, what were you doing? But like, oh, I was hanging out with Kevin Nash. It's like A plus. Here you go, sir.
1: <laughs> Learning how to do the power bomb with the cigar put out. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Um, In terms of our next episode then, so the next episode is due to come out on the 23rd of December. Obviously, we'll record it a couple of days before that, but that will include our review of New Blood 6, um, from the 16th of uh, December that will of course be main evented by the Future of Stardom Championship match between um, Amisori and Rewak and we'll also see Nene Takahashi in a Passion Injection match versus Lady C so we'll be checking those yeah. out yeah
0: absolutely
1: <laughs> um, we're also going to be looking at those two um, shows from the year-end tour which I've Already mentioned, and of course, we'll be giving our predictions and looking ahead to year end climax, which is due to air on the 24th of December, and Dream Queendom, which will air on the 29th. Um, obviously, after that, we'll be looking ahead to Dream Queendom. Um, I am away from the 29th to the 31st, so our review of Dream Queendom might be a little bit late. I'm just giving you as much notice as I can, um, just because we want to do something a little bit special for that. Um, so we'll keep you updated via social media and probably have a definitive date for the release of the podcast next week on next week's episode. Um, in the meantime, that about wraps up everything from us. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Thank you to all our fantastic patrons as well over at Patreon forward slash the cast If you can, subscribe over at the over there. You'll get loads and loads and loads of bonus content at whatever tier you join. The high-speed tier for $1, the white uh, belt tier at $3, or the red belt tier at $5. Lots and lots of great stuff that Matt is doing over there. You can buy our merch. Just check it out in the link of the podcast, or indeed, you can go to the website, www.thestardomcast.com, where you can click the link. You can also check out title histories um roster pages um tournament updates all that sort of stuff um as well as an archive of all our episodes of the podcast as well um if you can if you if you don't want to subscribe to the patreon which is absolutely fine please leave us a review on uh, apple podcast it takes 30 seconds to leave us a five-star review and just a quick comment Um, It really does help the podcast out, so that would be great if you could do that. It is Christmas. Consider it our Christmas present. We'd love you forever. Um, Also, you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can find us on all manner of social media on at the Stardom cast. You can talk to me on Twitter at Real Rob Goodwin. Matt, where can they find you? And then take us home, good sir. Absolutely. So I don't want to leave
0: anybody on the hook. My wife just told me that I was rude for sending that picture of Tam underneath the Christmas tree and then told me that she's making me lunch. So what a sweetheart. (laughs) But uh, anywho, uh, thanks everybody for uh, all the merchandising. Um, We've seen a lot of people buying the shirts. And if you have a shirt or getting a shirt, by all means, please uh, put it on the social media and tag myself, Rob and or the podcast, we greatly appreciate that. They do make great Christmas gifts. But uh, anywho, um, if you guys want to get a hold of me on social media, hit me up on Twitter and or the Instagram, Matt of. If social media is not your thing, I completely understand. I have an email address, thestardomcast22 at gmail.com. Once again, folks, we cannot say thank you enough for all the positive feedback that we've been getting and uh, all the thumbs up that we've been getting as, uh, as great as 2022 has been we have a feeling 2023 is going to be even bigger and uh we're glad that you're along for the ride uh with us and, and, and as i stated earlier in the podcast get your match listings to me for uh customer appreciation week our uh, month uh, for january for what matches you want me to do the watch along with for january remember the first 4 people that send me a message those are the first of 4 matches that i'm going to get and like i always say folks it's just not my podcast it's our podcast because we're all in this together and everybody's different, everybody's special.